The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you're really young and you see your friends going off and going through the recruitment process and job interviews and this and that, and you feel inside that, you know, the only person giving you a job is you. <laughs> the only person uh, that that is responsible for, you know, my success is me. And there's a lot of freedom in that, but also a, a lot of responsibility when you're also responsible for other people as well. Welcome to the Mentor TV podcast and stay curious with Patricia Falco-Becali. Welcome back to another edition of COVID-19 from Crisis to Creation here on Mentory TV. I'm Patricia Falco-Becali, your host. I wonder if you are an entrepreneur, how difficult was it for you? Go out and pitch your idea, your business idea to potential investors, especially during lockdown. Well, basically impossible if you had to do it physically, right? So what you might have used is this. Zoom, some sort of technological platform or, uh, you know, tool in order to get to potential investors. But still, would you get to the right people? Would they give you the time, even if it's just on Zoom, even if it wouldn't cost anything in terms of travel expenses, just the time to sit down and spend some ear and some interest with you and your idea? Well, I'm quite sure it was tough for many, but there is hope out there because there's the creation of Vintro. Vintro stands for Virtual Introduction, and Vintro has been hugely successful. It is a startup company, and it's been launched by Noor Sugur. I hope I did say your name right, Noor. And Noor is joining us, telling us a little bit more about what Vintro A is and B, its benefits. Thank you so much for being on the show here. Hi, Noor. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. No, I hope I said your name right. Can you just repeat your last name so everybody knows? <laughs> Norsha Grew. It's okay. I get it all the time. <laughs> you know what? When I had still my maiden name, Sarvas, which is spelled S-Z-A-R-V-A-S, <laughs> I had the most exotic kind of names coming out. But now with Falco Bikali, it's not that different either. <laughs> but there you go. So we share this kind of legacy when it comes to names. But Vintro is a great name. It kind of sticks with you. Tell us a little bit about what Vintro actually is. I tried to explain it a little bit, but you as a creator, tell us more. Essentially, if I really boil down what Vintro is, it allows anyone, no matter where you are, no matter where you come from, to get access to time from some of the world's most high profile and influential business leaders out there. And when I, when I founded Ventro, it was really about trying to think of new ways that we can break down historic social barriers that have kept people apart 
to offer as many opportunities to as many amount of people as, as possible. If I think about, you know, how many problems out there today, now more than ever with COVID, I think it's really brought a lot of things to the surface. And it's, it's really heartbreaking to think about how many of those problems have solutions out there, but they're never going to see the light of day because, you know, the founder was born in, I don't know, a small village in Cambodia or Ethiopia or wherever you want in the globe. So it's about, you know, trying to make sure that no good idea is left behind. Mm, so it's about access and reachability and being seen somehow. Uh, I wonder though, I mean, your idea, how did it really start? Because you're very young, you're 19, you're still at college yourself, about to graduate from your studies uh, in Chicago, but um, you were an avid fan or you still are an avid fan of Shark Tank. I am as well. I'm sitting there with a <laughs> bit shocked or Dragon's Den or whatever they're called in the different countries. And then all of a sudden, it struck you. Tell us about that. <laughs> you know, I was actually watching the show for the first time with my family. I know it's really crazy because it's so popular here in the US, but it was, it, was, um, it was around the holidays. And my family and I, we got into such a heated argument about, no, we want this person to win or this is such a great idea. It was like, it was so, so much fun. But what it really highlighted and brought home to me is the lanes that entrepreneurs will go to, to get in front of the right people. And it was, it was heartwarming. And we love to see our favorite entrepreneurs, you know, cut deals that we think were super awesome. But also it was important to think about what happened to the entrepreneurs that didn't make it onto the show, who still had amazing, powerful ideas. Um, and how can we go in and create a, an ecosystem to, to really support them? So that's really how this, how this was founded. It was back in January of 2018 that, that I founded the business. And uh, it's been a really exciting journey ever since then. <laughs> so you are in the position yourself, having to pitch Vintro to potential investors or just people to get them on board on both sides, be it the investors, actually on three sides, investors, leaders, and also the entrepreneurs. Tell us a little bit about your own journey, how you got into it before we get into the, you know, into the details of the business itself. Yeah, I think what you touched on is a is a really important point. I think not a lot of people notice that just from the just from looking out is how many different people we cater to all at once. Um, but I mentioned I found this back in January of 2018. I always tell people, you know, I know how hard it is to reach our leaders because we had to do it, and I spent the majority of two years doing just that. That was all we were doing was trying to build up the supply um, to then be able to go out and, and go out to the market who, where the demand is. So I, I tell people, you know, some of the people on the platform, it's for them, it's not about the money. It's about trying to find ways to hear new ideas, be intellectually stimulated, get involved in super cool businesses that they're passionate about while protecting their privacy and their time. So from their perspective, they love it. And what we realized through, through doing this, when we started reaching out to, to entrepreneurs and when we started doing it ourselves is that through Ventro, we can offer these engagements in a much more efficient and the most importantly, much more cost-effective way than it would be if you were going to go about trying to meet, I don't know, Barbara Corcoran on the street, right? Or organically or for the status quo today. I think people don't really take this into account because, you know, they say, oh, it's, it's the way we have to do things to, to get business done. But the reality is, you don't. You don't have to sit there wasting your time trying to send cold emails, cold calls, being ignored. You don't have to pay to go to some you know, conference where you're going to hope and pray with your business card or even now with Zoom where you're going to stand in a virtual line. I don't even know what that means today. Um, but you know, there's a much more efficient alternative out there because we guarantee those interactions. And that's what was really, really important to us. Let's make sure, you know, no one's left feeling ignored because I, I know how difficult it is when you reach out 
and you're just left with nothing. That's really, really heartbreaking. That is heartbreaking. And I have to say, you know, being an investor myself, I really, every kind of uh, pitch that lands on my my desk, be it through LinkedIn or directly into my mail, I always, even if it's just a one-liner, I say, thank you. And if it's interesting, of course, I take it further. If it's not interesting, I say, always thank you. And I wish you the best of luck. And if I can help, you know, reach out again. And sometimes I get these reactions where people go, oh my God, you responded. Thank you so so much for saying thank you. Even if it's a no, that it must be quite harsh out there where, you know, a lot more successful investors, guess I don't even have time to respond. I mean, they're so flooded that the, 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 the few that land on my desk is nothing in comparison. But I think it's quite important to make a point also to say thank you to all of these people, including you at that point, um, to say thanks for thinking of me as a potential investor and you would trust your business idea with because I still see it at that level, you know, for example. But coming to your business model. And you mentioned um, a couple of times that, of course, it is more efficient. The cost to pitch your business is reduced. Still, there is a cost. And this is where the interesting angle is for Vintro, because you do have a business model where you make money, but also the leaders make money. And eventually, hopefully, through guidance, insights, coaching, the entrepreneur will as well. Yeah, you know, it's... It's interesting because when I think about the the alternative today, it's not free, but people don't think about it like that. You know, people don't think about all the hidden costs that are out there. Um, so what we what we really say is we're a much more transparent way of doing business. We just kind of bring it to the surface, and uh, in doing so, we've been able to to do some pretty cool things. Most of the leaders today are actually donating the money to charity, and that's stated on their profiles which charity they're donating the money towards. But you 100% mentioned correctly, there is still a cost. We've put a lot of effort into trying to make that cost really accessible for people. But you know, the 80% of the platform, the prices start at $25 and go to $300. But we have outliers as well that price themselves much higher. But it's a market. So leaders react to supply and demand and how much time they have, you know, this week. And so prices fluctuate in, in that way. So but you, were, it's, you were just saying, sorry to interrupt there, Noor, is they price themselves because that's another thing. Whoever joins as a leader is not given a price tag, but they say, I'm worth X, Y, Z per hour. And they price themselves, right? Absolutely. We don't have anything to do with the pricing. Um, that just, it's up to the leader. Okay. Now, if I think about the benefits, you know, I put myself now first in the investor's shoes. So I'm there as an investor. Uh, I may, may have made myself a name as a successful investor. So I have insight. I have experience. I can really share quite a bit with young people. So um, you pay me for my insight. But at the same time, you pay me whatever I do with the money, charity or not charity, I'm still getting a huge amount of deal flow. So from an investor's point of view, it's like, paid deal flow. I mean, that's a good deal. You know, it's funny when I, for, for most of the leaders, it's about the mission. That's really what, what lights the fire in them. That's what, that's when I see them getting excited. And honestly, that's how I've been able to, to get so many of our leaders to join. It's really talking about the mission and understanding the importance of why it is we're doing what we're doing. But if I go to a leader and say, Hey, can I pay you for your time? I think very few of them turn that down because it's, it's just, uh, for them as well, they know the cost of their time, right? They actually know when a meeting goes bad and they're sitting there like, oh, I just wasted, you know, an hour of my life. You know, they know that they could have been doing something productive that was making them money in that time. There's an opportunity cost there. But what we really start to see is there's really a, a market for everyone, which is really, really cool. Um, because, you know, not everyone's an investor and that's okay. Not everyone is looking for investment. 
You know, some people are looking to be procured by larger corporations. Some people in the creative space want to pitch Oscar winning producers. You know, some people are looking for a mentor or, you know, a new board member. So it's been really fascinating for me and super exciting to see the all the different creative ways that people have decided to use this. Because anywhere that there's a that there's an imbalance where you know someone's time is really limited um, and the supply and the demand for that is is endless. Um, this principle can come into place because it's really just a marketplace around time. Yeah. So it would be, let, let's go a little bit more granular, Noor, if you may. Yeah. Um, and maybe also have a screen share to show our viewers how Vintro really works. Let's say from a entrepreneur's point of view. So I have the site myvintro.com. I hook up to it and then I say, okay, I want to pitch to, and then I have that gallery of fantastic leaders and you click on them. And how does it work? If you want to share your screen and take us maybe through one of these initiation processes. Absolutely. Can you see that all right? Yes, very good. Beautiful. So here I am. This is uh, the Browse Leaders page where you can see all the leaders on the platform. This is just set by the price ascending. So here you can see some of our leaders that are at the $25 range. Um, but if I click on price ascending, this is, uh, you know, the leaders today. Um, and these are definitely at the higher end. These are showing you all the, the higher priced items. But you can see there's some some pretty huge, huge names here. And that um, would be, sorry, that would be per hour. If they charge 3350 that would be per hour. <laughs> per five minutes. Per five minutes. Oh, okay. So in these five minutes, what, what I mean... I think there's also a video involved that I need to send, right? And then it's still up to the entrepreneur to take me on. Is that true? Or am I, didn't I get Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Right? So I'll, I'll walk you through the following. So okay. here you can see, this is uh, Brian Grazier. He's an Australian producer. He's giving all his proceeds back to the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, you, once you click pitch to Brian, you add him to your cart mm -hmm. and you check out. Uh, I think I'm logged into my, to my uh, admin account, so I'm not going to uh, check out in reality. But here it says select a pitch. So I can create a pitch. I upload a video. And once I go through the checkout process, that video that I chose gets sent directly to, to Brian's phone on an app. So he gets a notification. Mm -hmm. He opens the, the app. He watches the pitch. He has to watch it in completion. The system actually will not let him do things like you know fast forward, skip around, Uh, jump ahead. He has to watch the completion. And then he has to like let it settle with him. And he has to think about it because he's going to have to respond. So he then gives you, you know, feedback, like, I love this for X, Y, Z reason. Have you considered this, you know, um, for, for Brian's case, you know, this is what, this is what you should think of when you're pitching a movie, um, things like that. And all the feedback you get is audio or video feedback at the moment. Um, and that's simply to ensure the authenticity of every single person on the platform. You're not talking to, you know, uh, Gary Cohen's secretary or Barbara Corcoran's secretary. You're actually talking to them. And that was incredibly, incredibly important for us, for, for people to feel seen and to feel heard that you're actually getting in front of them. So the most important thing that the leader does when they respond is they click, do I want to continue the conversation further? Have you hooked them? Have you engaged them in that amount of time? But they actually want to set up a longer call. And that's completely off the clock. We do not get in involved in any uh, business after the fact. If any money is raised on the platform, we do not take a cut of that. We're really um, in the business of, of enabling human connections. Um, so that's that's really the where we where we sit. Um, uh, and uh, okay, okay. So let me just recap. So basically, if I buy... 
one of the leaders, one of the mentors. I buy my opportunity to get my pitch in front of them. They are obliged. So this is where the guarantee comes in for the money that I spend to A, watch it, B, take it seriously, and C, come up with a response or a feel or some sort of guidance, be it video, be it audio. And that is really, at that point, the package, I guess, is done. However, if that leader likes you, the idea, um, and would like to take it further, they don't say, hey, let's go off Vintro line, off line. <laughs> And continue our relationship. So that that is basically when you as a pitcher have a potential investor going forward or somebody that just likes to coach you or join your board or what have you. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, we recognize you're not gonna you're not gonna put your whole business model into five minutes. It's just it's not it's not gonna happen. But it's it's enough to to give a taste, you know, if it's if it's worth pursuing and it's worth everyone's time. Cause for an entrepreneur's perspective too, if you know they sit in that in that hour-long meeting and they try and uh, make it happen. It's just not, they know in the first five minutes, it's not going to happen. I mean, it's just sufficient for everyone to say, look, it's been, it's been great. Thank you so much. Here's, here's how you can improve. And here's what would make me say yes. Um, and please come back, come back. Yeah. Um, if, if, if you want to keep the conversation going again. And it was really interesting when I, when I founded the business, I thought that people would for the majority of the time, you know, say no. That's that's pretty common, right? The rare case that things are are, are yeses, but it's been really interesting that that continued conversation button has been clicked, you know, most of the time. And I think it's because when people pay for something, even if it's like a dollar fifty cents, you know, that psychologically they typically think they have something of value worth showing. So it's been really wonderful to see. I mean, such an amazing quality deal flow go through as well, and to see the uh, the the number of leaders that continue on to engage in so many different ways with the ventures. Well, that's, that's an interesting one because I'm, I'm about to ask, who are your bestsellers? Who are your blockbusters? Um, and why do you think that is? And is it also that the entrepreneurs amongst themselves rate what they got? Do they chat amongst themselves? Hey, what do you think about that advice through Vintro by that leader? But first of all, who's your, who's your, your bestseller so far? You must keep who's that. bestseller? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. I don't know if I, if I can um, officially exactly call anyone out, but um, I think the best sellers for sure are, are mid-tier price leaders. Um, I mean, they really just, they, they really, people, people go to them the most. And um, it's interesting. We have leaders who price themselves. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, incredible, incredible people say, look, I'm at $25. I want to see everything. I want everyone to pitch me. You know, I'm really, I have time this month. I want to, you know, really give back. I want to help. I want to be engaged. If they say, you know what, this month, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little busy. I have a lot of things going on in my life. So I'm going to price myself at 200, you know, and I want to receive a little bit fewer pitches. Uh, typically the higher price people is, uh, it's if that's your dream person, you know, like yeah. this is it, this is the yeah. one person I'm trying to get in contact with. And that's great, but that's really not what we see. Typically people place orders of about six people at a time. And uh, it's, it's just less risky as well, right? Because if you go back to the real world today too, you know, I knock on one person's door, they might say no, but if I knock on seven, eight people's door, the odds of me getting a yes is, is much higher. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the behavior we're starting to see on the platform is really people purchasing in, in groups, um, which is really, and that's also what the, the video format enables as well. We had a, had a gentleman who pitched every single person on the platform. Wow. Uh, and he was like, look, we have 800 plus people on the platform today. Like I cannot go out in the world today and speak to 800 plus people 
in a more efficient, more cost-effective way. I mean, not, not even at Davos, not even at Davos. <laughs> right? I mean, you can't even schedule 800 meetings in the first place. And even if you could imagine trying to say your pitch 800 times, I mean, I'd be exhausted. I, absolutely. I think uh, replay, 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 maybe even exhausting. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so many times. No. But, you know, um, in, in terms of, uh, you know, white how you really screen also your leaders. You are just talking about 800. At some point, you know, what I appreciate, for example, um, about LinkedIn as a platform, that it always kept a certain level. Uh, it is still professional. I know it, it wasn't bastardized by whatever wave or, you know, fad or whatever. It, I, knew, I know there's quality and there's quality people, right? Um, so how do you ensure the quality of both your deal flow and also the leaders that you let on at this point, you know, you, you are at a level where you can say nay uh, to some of those leaders perhaps applying. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mentioned, I found this business back in January of 2018. We kind of launched softly, you know, putting it out there, getting people to really transact and messing around with it uh, back in June of, of 2020. And, you know, that's a long time to, to not be active for a business. And I can say the, the reason why was because was we're really curating the network. That was incredibly, incredibly important to us um, to make sure that we have the, the quality and caliber of, of, of person um, on the site. And also not just to focus in one specific area, but to, you know, really delve deep into a lot of different fields and industries because good ideas are being born in every single sector. So that was, that was really important. But in terms of the entrepreneurs themselves, we really do not like to, to, to limit people. We're not in the business of saying, no, you can't pitch X, Y, Z person, you know, dream big. The opportunities are out there for you. Who am I to say that, you know, you have an idea that's, that's valuable. No, take it to the market and see what they have to say, you know, beat it around a little bit, come back to the drawing board, change it up, go back. Um, yeah, you know, our leaders see so many different opportunities and they have the experience too, to understand a different perspective that, um, I certainly wouldn't understand in a, in a lot of these videos. Um, so that's really how we decide to approach it. We let the market decide, um, if a video ends up being successful or not, or a pitch, yeah. but that's how that's how we moderate them. But, but what I'm wondering is really about, um, about the people that are your leaders. I mean, you've got some amazing names here as uh, advisors, ambassador, you know, Philip Hammond, uh, he was, I think, the ex-finance minister of the UK. I mean, you have got great people and amongst them also James Kahn. And James Kahn is uh, basically... <laughs> Everyone's favorite guy. <laughs> I don't know whether everybody's but definitely he he loves you. And I wonder how did you pitch him? How did you convince him to to join as one of the leaders? You know, James is a is a great example of people who receives pitches, I mean, all the time. I mean, you can hear from Jim Selva. It's literally 24-7 all the time. You know, he doesn't really uh won't really check it himself unless, you know, you know, he, you have a and in or just by chance, luck, right? He happened to be on his email at this time because he just gets flooded. So he really understood the problem from day one. I mean, when I laid it out to him, uh, he really got it. So he was one of the few cases that didn't take that much convincing uh, to bring James on. And I think he also fell in love with the business and, and the mission, the vision. And we've been so fortunate that he's decided to, to get involved with the business and be a mentor to me as well, because he has so much experience to give. And I have to say that's for me personally, um, one of the, the most... Um, amazing things that has come out of this platform was just the support and the community that it's really built. Because, you know, as I started reaching out to leaders, I was 16 when I, when I started this and it was honestly very, very difficult to let 
convince anyone to take a 16-year-old seriously, let alone like, you know, if they're talking. getting used to it with you and Greta Thunberg and whatever, it's kind of like the teenagers starting to run the world. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, I, I hope so. I mean, there's so many amazing, brilliant, talented young people yeah. out there that I have to really champion them. I mean, they're just truly, truly incredible. Yeah, one thing for sure, I never <laughs> meant to have James Kahn on Mentorit. He refused me every single time, even though I even had a key, a person that linked me, me, me up with him, but I wasn't able to have him as a mentor, but I don't pay either. And I'm not saying that you're paying, but uh, his time is very valuable and it's not valuable enough to share his insights here on Mentorit yet. But he thinks that Vintro is a billion dollar company. I read a fabulous article where he was raving about your business, of course, him being also, I think, an investor by now. So if you think Think of yourself, Noor, as, you know, the owner of a billion dollar company, of a unicorn. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bubble, you remember? You have to have a baby. Not yet. There. Not yet. It's very telegenic, you know? <laughs> I think I've got a long way to go before I, before I take care of it. God willing. No, but, you know, seriously now, thinking of yourself like that, it all started from a, you know, more of an empathy point of view saying, oh, these great ideas, they didn't get any money and funding. I want to give them a platform and this democratization is wonderful. But you're a business now and, and there's real money flowing and there's mere, real money potentially being made by good advice through your platform by those entrepreneurs. So if you think about yourself as a billion dollar business, what would your roadmap be to get there? You know, I think that as any startup knows, you know, our, our customers are our heroes. You know, they're the reason why, as you mentioned, you know, that's how we got started. That's why we're doing everything and literally everything that, that we can do to make sure that they have the best experience possible front to end, what, whatever we can do to help, we will, because, you know, that's what we're here for. That's literally what we were made for was to help you in, in any way we can. Um, so in my mind, as long as we're making sure that our customers leave happy, I'm honestly happy at the end of the day. I started this, I was still in high school. I still have two years left of college. You know, I have a, I have a long way to go. I'm learning an incredible amount every single day. Um, I'm the first to admit, I do not know everything. I'm so, so grateful for the people in my team and the people around me because there's no way that I would uh, have been able to do any of this without them. So I'm, I'm the first to admit, I, I don't know everything. But what I do know is that every single day when I get emails from the entrepreneurs saying, you know what, I'm from a small city in Oklahoma and you know, I really wanted to take my business global and there's no way for me to do that, but I'm going to do that because of intro. I mean, it's those messages and emails that really keep me going. And it honestly keeps it, keeps it grounded as well, because it's true. We know when it is, it is real money and I'm, you know, very young as well. It's uh, try not to get overwhelmed by it all and really focus on how this all got started and why we're doing what we're doing. And um, yeah, that's honestly what keeps me up every single night. So. Yeah, no, but this is a beautiful one because, uh, you know, I'd be very interested in that step after Vintro um, when the uh, the leader says, hey, let's take it offline uh, after this coaching. I think you're awesome. I like you. I like you as an entrepreneur. Uh, I would invest in you as a person because I also like the business. And this is, for example, where our business model with Falco Capital is, where we see young entrepreneurs and scale-up companies where in, we invest in what they are more grateful for than the actual uh, money that we invest is really the sweat part, the sweat equity, where we work as partners for five to seven years together with these companies to build the 
build the business, but not as advisors. You know, we are not kind of writing a couple of lines or doing strategic sessions, but we are there in order to 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 build the nuts and bolts of the business. And this 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 hunger and coachability of these young, ingenious, so smart entrepreneurs is wonderful to see. And this is where I also see a big convergence with a, a general trend that is happening that young entrepreneurs not only want to get to talk to the great James Kahn or whoever is, you know, your bestseller <laughs> or one of those really popular leaders, but they actually would love them to get involved and show them. So for yourself, building a billion dollar business is you have the right kind of environment for people to even lay their precious hands on your business and make it happen together with you. Not by advice, but by doing. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, the, the the one thing that I have to tell people, and I have, I have other friends as well who are very young and starting businesses, is it's really important to think about where you're getting your money from. I think we're in an incredible position today where, you know, especially with, with platforms like Vintro, you don't just have to take money from anywhere that anywhere that'll offer it because you have no other choice, right? Because you're being rejected left, right, and center. You can't get the attention. We're really empowering people to say, look, this is your business, your dream, your baby. How do you want to take it? You know, imagine you have endless opportunities because you do. Now, what are you going to do with it? So I couldn't agree with you more. Mm-mm. Now, in, in terms of uh, a new product you launched, it's called Deal Flow. You know what it reminded me of, Noor, is eToro. It reminded me, do you know eToro? eToro? Do you know eToro, that trading platform? It just recently IPO'd is an Israeli <laughs> entrepreneur. E, like E, yeah. like and eToro. Have you heard about them? I'll have to check it out. I haven't. Okay, have a look because um, basically it's a trading platform and you can trade your stocks or whatever, but then you've got star traders that make public, make transparent their own uh, investments when they buy, when they sell, and, and the portfolio performance. And if they have, and they're private people, they're not necessarily institutional investors that do that mm-hmm. for a job. And then if they are very successful, what you can do is just click with one button and say, okay, I'm going to copy that particular uh, investment strategy and the stocks that he has in his uh, portfolio, I want them too. And you basically just copy and this is an additional service. So this kind of deal flow where you hook up to whatever investment maybe one of your leaders would do and can follow it and be inspired by it. It reminded me a bit. Uh, is, this, is it true that you just basically follow other thought leaders in their investment decisions? You, you can observe it? You know, it's funny. One of the reasons why we love deal flow so much and really why we decided to, to pursue deal flow was because it, it honestly played back to our core mission. It was how can we make our leaders that much more accessible? Mm-hmm. Um, Cause you know, a lot of leaders say I'm available, come pitch me at this conference, but there's a difference between being available and being accessible. So lowering the cost for us was very, very important. And what we were realized through leaders like James, for example, is that he has a, he has a following, right? three point something, I believe million LinkedIn followers, you know, that's not an insignificant number of people at all. And, you know, he, he has Dragon's Den. Um, so people are curious to see, you know, what deals are James receiving, right? But a certain number of those people that are watching, some might be because they're just curious, they want a little private Dragon's Den or Shark Tank, but a certain number of those people are also going to be actual investors and accredited investors here in the U.S., and so what we did is we allowed people to subscribe to follow people like James Dealflow. And anyone on the platform, any of our leaders can enable Dealflow. And what it allows is for people to watch the pitches and to jump in with James as well or compete with James, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. 
And for, for an entrepreneur who's the biggest winner out of all this is they now, when they pitch James for his fee, they don't just reach James, they reach James plus, you know, the 500 people watching him. Awesome. He drops the cost of reaching our leaders to honestly sense. And we've done this around universities and as well themes. So, you know, the single development goals, it's essentially a group of leaders who've rallied around certain themes. And you said, look, I want to hear pitches around this. And people pitch the platform and it's, it's been really, really incredible. We did one here in Chicago for Illinois restaurants to help them get back on their feet after COVID. Um, but that's really amazing. I think our, our, our lowest cost to beat today is probably MIT's channel. And I think it's five cents to reach an investor, which is honestly mind blowing. You think about, you know, the cost of everything in this world. I, I mean, you can't reach anyone for five cents today. No, that's, that's what it was about. Absolutely. No, I think this is like economies of scale at its best, right? And that is all enabled through technology. Now you are, you are already in the generation. You, you grew up more or less with, uh, no, the iPhone wasn't there yet, but still technology was definitely something that you grew up with. Uh, how much of an enabler is it really, and is it going to be for businesses, individuals in general, our, our world, do you think? What do you hear? What do you feel? You know, it's, it's really interesting. I think before COVID, it was for sure more of a struggle to even get people to consider something like making a pitch video, right? Or honestly, sitting on a Zoom call. How many of us knew how to use Zoom before COVID? I did not. Um, now all of my classes are on Zoom. All of our meetings are on Zoom. Everything is, is on Zoom through technology. And I think that that's honestly something that's here to stay. Um, it for sure accelerated everything. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it accelerated this and that, but it made people aware of um, and forced people to become aware of how I can live my life in a different way using technology as more of an integral part of my life. And I mean, there are so many benefits of being in person and being face-to-face with someone, but when you can't, I mean, this isn't, this isn't a bad alternative. I love being able to talk to you um, and be here today as well. So there's so many benefits of it. And I do think that in a lot of ways, it's a lot of the things that we've experienced over this past year are going to be here moving forward. Yeah, I think there's a lot of time efficiency. Not so sure about emotional efficiency when it comes to technology. Yeah. Being older, <laughs> I think from that point of view, it's a whole different conversation, or I think. But um, you know, looking back, uh, looking back at your very young um, entrepreneurial <laughs> life, be it young as in biologically, but also um, in your own journey. Can you already clog the biggest success? You say, hey, that was really good. Wow. I mean, the biggest success for me was the, the first person that, that gave me a call said, look, um, because of intro, I'm making a deal with, with this leader. That was honestly the biggest success. If I think about that moment or the first buyer call I ever got on, the first time I actually got on the phone with an entrepreneur and was talking to them about Ventro and hearing their reaction, those are honestly some of the, the highlights, things I'm never going to forget. Actually, my first, my first ever buyer call, my first ever client that I had on Ventro, loved his experience so much. He, he, he wrote a book. So he asked for my address and he signed, he sent me a signed copy of his book. And that's something like a gift I'm going to treasure forever. I mean, how special, um, but things like that. And, you know, every time we get a a new leader, I'm like, Oh my God, this is so cool. Cause the way I think about it, every time that we go through the struggle of reaching out, being rejected, you know, trying to convince these leaders to to join the platform is one less experience out there in the future that someone else is going to have to do the same thing. Mm, And that much easier for other people. So I get super excited every time a new leader joins, it's like Christmas all over again. So it's fun because I get to experience that a lot. (laughs) It's it's fantastic. And for yourself, um, who was the one that was the pivot where 
you said, okay, from an idea, I'm going to, from ideation, I'm going to turn to creation. Uh, who was your first mentor, sponsor, who gave you that nudge and that actual support? Um, my dad. <laughs> yeah, good. Uh, triple F. Are we talking about the triple F? <laughs> totally. You know, if it's like you're going back to the origin origin, you know, me sitting in my room with like paper on the floor, literally drawing this out. I've never coded anything in my life. So there's far more talented people on the team than I am doing that. Yeah. Um, but for sure, my dad, I think my dad at some point sat me down and said, hey, look, this is really, really important. This is, you know, an idea that's going to change people's lives and you have responsibility to pursue this. And, you know, I'd seen entrepreneurship in my family. So it's something I'd seen before, but I mean, I was 16. I honestly, there was a, there was a part of me as well inside. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Is this something that's going to be long-term? And it's difficult as well when you're, when you're really young and you see your friends going off and going through the recruitment process and job interviews and this and that, and you feel inside that, you know, the only person giving you a job is you. <laughs> the only person uh, that that is responsible for you know my success is me, and there's a lot of freedom in that, but also a, a lot of responsibility when you're also responsible for other people as well. Um, so I've for sure grown a lot in these past few years, but no, my my biggest supporters have always been, and I think always will be, my family and also the people whose advice I mean I mean so so much to me. So I'm I cannot do anything without them. They're literally um. T attached at the hip. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And that is wonderful. And apart from your family, who is your biggest idol when it comes to, you know, building a business, leading a business? Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a leader on the platform today. His name's Al Lukies. Um, Al Lukies and actually another member of our advisory board, Veronica Grazier, who works incredibly close with the team are honestly have as the closer I've gone to working with them and the more it's just absolutely incredible. I mean, the, the caliber of, of just who they are. And I think the most, the most impressed I get is when you meet very successful people, very smart people, and you can tell from talking, you know, how on they are and how on the ball, they're never missing a beat. They're just on it all the time. And they're just amazing people. And I think that's the thing that, you know, I get inspired by the most is when you have super successful people who are just, I mean, down to earth, lovely, amazing, generous with their time, willing to help, patient. Um, I mean, I cannot praise either of either of those two. And honestly, the whole member of our advisory board as well, they've all joined and they've all been huge inspirations to me. And that's one of the reasons why I'm, I've been so incredibly grateful to, to invite them all to the advisory board because I, I, I want them around. I'm trying to learn as much as possible, but I cannot say enough good things about every single member of our advisory board. But you know, Nor, it's, uh, it's so true what you're saying. I mean, my, my experience with, you know, during my, my 13 years at CNBC, the stronger the person, the higher the level, the power, the, you know, the name out there, the more relaxed they were. Honestly, they were relaxed. They were um, forthcoming, understanding, willing with you. It was always kind of the mid-management and, you know, the PR team with all due respect <laughs> to the PR team, but they somehow had to get their job going and keeping it, yeah. you know, gatekeep because the people themselves, the whole VIPs, be it in business or in, uh, you know, in other sectors, so down to earth. They don't have to prove anything. Great people. I mean, yeah. Great people. Great cool. people. Absolutely. No, no, I totally agree. Last one for you uh, before I let you off, Noor. So what would you say, uh, you having been already, you know, being on your journey, what are the three do's and don'ts you would give as an advice to other young potential entrepreneurs 
that uh, think they have a great idea? What are the do's and the don'ts you've learned and you would like to pass on? I think one thing to do is talk to everyone. It doesn't matter if they're in your space, not in your space, if it's your Uber driver, literally talk to everyone. You'll hear such really cool, interesting things and you'll hear amazing, amazing feedback, especially in the early days. Talk to everybody. I think, you know, the the second thing I have to say is something that I probably fell victim to as well is, you know, if you are very young, you know, trying to get people to take you seriously can can be a struggle. And I think sometimes people can overcompensate. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I try to show up in like a, a navy blue blazer and they realize this is just not me. I'm never gonna show up in like a navy blue blazer and be so like buttoned up and professional because that's just not me. It's not the reality. And no one wants to see that. You know, I think as well, realizing that there's incredible power for young people today in being young and pursuing whatever it is that you want to pursue. And I think coming to terms with that and saying, look, I I can be exactly who I am because that is that is why people you know love intro and will fall in love with you and your business is because you are being exactly who you are and you know not falling victim to trying to think you need to be something else to, to break into a certain sphere. And I think today as well we're realizing you don't have to have corporate background to start a business or do anything else. I think there's so much available information on the internet today. And I think it's really came to the surface stories and how storytelling is so incredibly important. And when you see those stories, it really inspires people say, look, I can do this. I'm seeing someone who is like me doing this. This is really possible. Um, so I think probably the, the one of the biggest things that that I'm I'm have come to terms with that I'm probably still coming to terms with is um is just how much of your story to share with people. Um, because it is a big part of your business. I think for, for most founders today, you founded a business for a reason. It didn't just uh, come from air. There was, there was a purpose behind it. And I think being very open about what that purpose is and what's really driving you and keeping you up is very, very important, especially for, especially for, for young founders and young professionals out there who are, who are just at the very, very beginning of our journeys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I think you're so spot on. It is true. I mean, talk to everybody, but how transparent can you really be? Because I've seen it over and over again, also amongst the investors. You know, they they see a great, uh, great idea, a young entrepreneur, and they're easy prey as well, you know? And uh, one of the things that I always pass on to my mentees is do your due diligence on your investors. I know you're desperate for money, but, you know, this is very short term. Money will come, but you know the long term is the quality of the person behind the money. Are they only there with the money? Are they going to knock at your door for dividends within three months' time? Are going to are they going to facilitate, help you, maybe be even with you know with you on their journey, or are they going to come demand, demand, demand in the most unopportune moment of your business? And so I think that is that is very important what you said. Okay, so talk to everybody, but you know <laughs> don't be don't be silly, <laughs> you know don't. Be oh my god. Absolutely. I mean, I can't tell you because because I, I jump on the phone a lot with the entrepreneurs and the, the our, our customers. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, "North, thank you so much." I've been burned so many times because at some point, you know, it's a it's very very difficult um, mentally as well to start a business. It's very taxing, and for people to say, "Look, when someone offered me money, I was just so desperate at that point in time that I had to take it." I mean, no one would even pick up the phone. Finally, someone picks up the phone. I'm going to do it. I'm going to jump at that opportunity. And I think in a lot of ways, yes, it's very important to jump at opportunities. But I think what you said about doing due diligence and making sure it's right for your business in the long run is also very important. I think one of the reasons why I've loved Ventro so much and why so many people love Ventro as well is, again, it's giving the power back to you. And it's really empowering you to say what's right for your business at this time. And I think it, it, 
you know, removes a lot of the, a lot of the, the, the barriers that have previously helped people back from, from doing just that and thinking about what's best for your business and uh, what's the dream. Cause it's, you can do it all. Yeah, no, I love it. Thank you so much for creating Vintro. You're awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your real story, and this growth story that you are doing. And uh, I can only encourage it. I had a look at the website, of course. Um, I think it's really awesome. And it is in the zeitgeist. And uh, it's beyond a tool. It is beyond a platform. And it really is a creation, you know, from crisis to creation. Fits perfectly also our theme here on Mentorate. Nor so group. Thank you so much for sharing it all and all the best luck to you with your journey. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such, such a pleasure. And thank you, my dear Mentory TV community for joining us yet again today, talking to Noor Sugru. I got the name right. And she told us about myvintro.com. Check it out if you are a leader, if you're a potential investor, of course, and an entrepreneur. And I'm sure you'll find true value, not only for that moment or fight those five minutes, but perhaps also for the long run. I'll see you soon. And thanks for joining again. Bye. I'm Suzanne Giesman, and if you've ever wondered about life after death or if it's possible to connect with a higher consciousness, I invite you to join me for my podcast, Messages of Hope. It's my mission to share with you that our loved ones who have passed are always with us, and we are so very loved. I want to teach you how to live a consciously connected and divinely guided life. Listen here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network.